Well, let's have a word of prayer as we begin this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You uh, that we can be together. We uh, do just thank You for the fathers, but we also thank You for the mothers. And Lord, more than anything else, we just thank You for You and Your tremendous love that You have for us. And Lord, I just pray right now that Your Word speaks to us, and as we go through this uh, familiar story of the prodigal son, Lord, that maybe we gain some insights that we didn't know before. And so, Lord, help us to not just learn Your Word, but be able to apply it to our lives as well. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we made history this year. Today, today, right now, we are making history because if you think about it, Mother's Day is one of the largest attended days in churches. But this year, Father's Day outdid Mother's Day. So we made history. Uh, because usually Father's Day is the least attended. And, and to me, while mothers need to be honored because they put up with so much grace, um, Father's Day messages, you know, usually we talk about on Mother's Day uh, the blessing of being a mother and the exciting part, and then we get to Father's Day and then we bash them really hard about what fatherhood's like. So we're not going to do that today. Uh, what we're going to look at today, on this Father's Day, is we're going to look at our Heavenly Father. And we're going to see, in a sense, honoring Him, which honestly probably needs to be every day of the week, that we honor God. But I love what the Bible says about God. There's a lot of different verses. One of them is out of 1 John 3.1. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Isn't that a great passage? The type of love that God bestows upon us is an unconditional love. And the meaning of that word in the Greek here used by the Apostle John basically means that. Unconditional. His unconditional love has made us His children. Another scripture out of 2 Thessalonians, it says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. So here we're told that God comforts our hearts. He establishes every good work and word. He consoles us. And more than anything else, He, he gives us His grace. Well, we gotta, what's interesting about our Heavenly Father is there's nothing hidden from Him. He knows everything that's going on in our lives and He even knows the number of hairs that we once had. Right? Nothing escapes His notice. And then it talks about how be merciful because the Lord is merciful. God tells us that we're supposed to uh, be merciful to those who have wronged us. In other words, we're not to bring judgment upon others by remembering that our Father in Heaven is merciful. He doesn't give us what we deserve, which is kind of exciting. But when we think about God, in a sense, what are all the things that we think about? If we were to take all the Scriptures that talk about our Heavenly Father, some of the thoughts that we would learn is that God is concerned for and about us He's interested in every detail of our life. He never gives up on us. He stands with us whether things are going good or whether things are going bad. 
He sent His Son to die for us even though we don't deserve it. He's always available to us. He doesn't condemn any one of us. And He gives us hope. He gives us hope physically, spiritually, emotionally. And so today in honor of Father's Day, I want to take this very familiar story of the prodigal son. How many have ever heard that before? Because if you haven't, you weren't listening to the Scripture because then you would have heard it, right? But we're going to see the attributes that the Father in this story exhibits and what they teach us about our gracious Heavenly Father. So if you have your Bibles and you turn to to Luke chapter 15, uh, one of the first things that we see, the attributes, is one of giving. Giving is one of the attributes of our Heavenly Father. In, In verses 11 and 12 of Luke 15 of our Scripture, it says, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Now consider the pain that must have went through to the father when the son asks for this. He knew that his youngest son wanted to leave home. In fact, he probably wanted to leave, it sounds like he wanted to leave forever. So that must have broke his father's heart because he knew, just like all parents, we know and fear the pain and sorrow that our children will likely experience in this world and how the world wants to just gobble them up. But the father did as the son requested. Now the father didn't have to do that. He could have forced him to stay and said, you'll get the inheritance when I die. But he knew that he couldn't force nor compel his son's love. You see, love has to be desired and freely given. And so we see with a broken heart, I believe, this father gives this youngest son his inheritance. Now oftentimes out of his love for us, as God loves us, and he knows of our need to learn a valuable lesson in life, do you realize that sometimes God will give us what we're whining for? And I truly believe that sometimes he does that so that we can learn that being a child of God is far greater than anything that the world can offer. Yet when we look at the father in this story, this father of the prodigal son, what he did, what we see is a father who gives to his children. Now in Psalm 37, 4 it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Do you realize that God wants to give us the desires of our heart. Especially when our desires match up to His desire. But that Scripture, delight yourself also in the Lord, the word delight in the Hebrew basically means pliable. As we begin begin to be pliable to the will and the way of God, God will give us the desires of our heart because That's matching up with His will. So here in our story, the father of this prodigal son gives the son his inheritance, which leads leads me to this conclusion. God gives to us 
those who are part of his family, his sons and daughters, he gives us an inheritance, not only in heaven when this life is over, but do you realize he gives us abundant life right now? Jesus said in John 10.10 that while Satan is a thief and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus has come that we might not only have life, but that we might have abundant life. Or another translation says, life to the full. So how does God our Heavenly Father provide this? And for us today, He provides it through the Holy Spirit. And so the first aspect we see of this prodigal's father, this father of the prodigal, is our Heavenly Father is good and gracious. He's very giving. But the second thing that we see in this story is He's, he's, he's accepting. I mean, look what it says about the father when he sees his son returning. In verse 20, it says, And he, the prodigal son, arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father accepted his son just the way he was. No conditions attached. He lovingly welcomed him back into the family. Now this is just my thought of it, but you ever thought how stinky and smelly the guy was? I mean, it says earlier on there that he, he served working in a pig farm, even, even wishing that he could eat some of the slop that the pig was eating. I mean, that's desperation. So here's a, here's a couple thoughts. On this. Now you got to remember, my mind works different than sometimes other people's. And so sometimes I get different insights out of these scriptures, right? <laughs> but there were no showers in those days, they didn't have scented soap. I mean, the, the, the younger son was not able to go to Family Dollar on his way and, 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 and buy some deodorant. Um, he didn't get himself cleaned up prior to his return. So he had to have smelled bad. But what does the father do? The father hugs on him and even kisses him on that dirty cheek. Probably got a little piece of slop meat right here, you know? I don't know. And so... He loved and accepted His Son unconditionally. Our Heavenly Father is just waiting for us to return. He's waiting for us to come back to our senses. In a sense, get ourselves out of the pigsty of this world. And He puts no conditions on us having to clean ourselves up. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates His own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So there's not, there's not anything we can do that will ever disqualify us from returning to God. So the story of the prodigal son goes on to say that the father waited for the son's return. In other words, he kept an eye out. He kept his eyes peeled, 
hoping that somehow his son was going to come back, even though he knew when he gave him the inheritance, this could be a forever thing. I might not ever see my son again. The correlation of that is our Heavenly Father, He never takes His eyes off of us. And He doesn't just sit up in heaven waiting. He he is actively searching out for us. Hoping to deliver us. And notice that it says, God saved us in that passage. Christ died for us. We didn't save ourselves. We many times need to come to our senses about our sinful condition. And it's our Heavenly Father who forgives us. So we see the second aspect of the prodigal's father is one that, that um, reveals another of the Heavenly Father's attributes is that He accepts us and He delivers His promises. So the next one, and I didn't tell you how many points I have, but the next one I've combined two things because then it's just one point. And it's God cleanses and clothes us. Look at verse 22 of our passage. It says, But the Father said to His servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on Him and put a ring on His hand and sandals on His feet. So here we see the Father has His Son's dirty clothes removed. Probably going, whew. Find something better for you here. But He puts on that Son, He puts on the very best robe. He places a ring on His finger that wouldn't have just been any ring, but it was a signet ring most likely, showing that His Son was part of the family. And we see these new garments given to us by our Heavenly Father. Isaiah said that when the Messiah would come, that the Lord would give to the people beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Isaiah goes on to tell there's more. He says in Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. God reclothes us. Gets rid of that worldly rags. And so the reclothing process, it's also a cleansing. But it only happens to us like the prodigal when we confess our sins and our unworthiness. Because look at verses 18 and 19. It says, Before he was clothed, the son confesses, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Have you ever felt there's a time in your life where you felt you were just unworthy to God? God can't accept me? And I'm just going to tell you that that's just a lie of Satan. That didn't come from God. Because look what, the, look what we're told in John's first letter, 1 John 1.9, very familiar passage. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a, that's a promise. And so, it is at this point when we've been cleansed and forgiven that the old person of what we once were is taken off. we got that old set of clothes. And we're clothed in God's robe of righteousness. 
and we become a brand new person in Christ. Which brings us to the next point is that God feeds us. So look at look at verse 23. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Just a thought that went through my mind is I wonder what would have happened if the father had said, let's bring a, a hog. <laughs> of course, it was a Jewish situation, so we can't go into that. So anyway, uh, but it would have been kind of interesting. But he said, bring the fatted calf. So after the father gives and accepts and cleanses and clothes his son, he now prepares a feast in his honor. And in much the same way, God prepares a feast before us. Not just now, but also in the future. What God gives us now to feast upon is is the best spiritual food that's available. We have His Word to feast on. We can be fed every day with His Word. It's, it's God's Word that gives us strength. He gives us strength to continue where everything in this world might fail us. That's what I believe David was referring to in the 23rd Psalm. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Because you see, the food that God gives at His table makes us secure. It makes us secure from all of, all of the stuff that's aimed at our hearts. All the stuff that the world's trying to bash our heads in with. And God gives us this food freely. He gives it to us without reservation. Look at Matthew 6. 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? We're valued in God's eyes. Sometimes that's hard for for me to understand. Why Why would God care so much about me? But He does. He cares about all of us that way. And so what can we take away from this study of the, of the prodigal son? I mean, we could do a whole series on this. We're just touching base since it's Father's Day, right? But we've got to realize that our Heavenly Father gives us the best because He gives us this eternal life, this eternal inheritance of heaven, and He gives us the abundant life right now. For those who believe, He, he gives us that right now. Now, how many of you feel like you're living the abundant life? You're living the dream. Well, we have to start over, I guess. <laughs> but you know, a lot of times we look at other people in the world, we look at how the world judges things, and we think that's that's the standard. That's not the standard. The standard is God. And so this is a very temporary life. I don't know about you, but I get excited every every day as the days go by, knowing it's a little bit sooner we're all going to be in heaven. That's going to be a great place. But our God gives us the Holy Spirit to, for us to give us strength to make it through each day. He also gives us and he, he accepts us just as we are. I think that's one of the best things that can happen. God loves us even with all the warts and things that are going on in our lives. 
And He cleanses us when we come back to Him. When we confess, He clothes us with His robe of righteousness and He gives us His forever wardrobe in heaven. Now, how many have a, a really good wardrobe? Because usually the ones that raise their hand also have really good garage sales. <laughs> or they're always calling Elena about the food closet. <laughs> or clothes, clothes bank. We're going to have some of the best, best clothes up in heaven. But we also see that God feeds us only the best of food. Because I'm sure that when we're in heaven and we're feasting at that, at that wedding feast, the angel food cake that we taste in heaven is going to taste much better than the angel food cake down here. And I've tasted some really good angel food cake. Although my mom always served me devil's food cake, but I don't know what that's about. <laughs> so while we are down here on earth, our Heavenly Father seats us at His table and we are secure knowing that we will be with Him to the end. And so for all of us who believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, I think that we could say without hesitation, our Heavenly Father is good. He is very good. In the words of a non-English teacher, He's gooder than about anything that you could think of. Isn't that right, Linda? He's a good, good father. The, ca the catch of this whole thing is this. He's a good, good father if you have given your heart and life to Him. And if you haven't given your heart and life to Him, man, I don't know what you're waiting for because He's, he's got His arms open wide and He's saying, hey, come here, my child, and I will take care of you and you will realize what it's all about. And so I trust that if you haven't asked Him into your heart and life that you could do so today. And what a, what a great, great day to do it is on Father's Day. Let your Heavenly Father accept you in. So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word and just pray that as we celebrate our earthly fathers, but Lord, we hopefully celebrate You every single day. But Lord, we thank You that You accept us, that You love us. And Lord, You want each one of us to have the best. And so Lord, again, I just pray that if there's someone here that does not know You, I just pray even right where they're sitting that they can ask You into their heart and life. Or if they want to talk to somebody, they can come after the service and talk to us. We'll pray with them. But Lord, we thank You for this great day that we can come and celebrate. And, and I just pray as we continue in our worship that we can just worship You with our whole being. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.